Luke chapter 10. Uh, we are continuing in uh, our series, which we have cleverly named Mic Drop. Um, I'm not that creative. I didn't come up with that. But uh, what we're doing, just to kind of catch you up if you've been away or if you're new here this morning, is we've just been going through Luke's gospel, looking at these different moments, uh, call them mic drop moments, where Jesus showed up and he did something, uh, he performed a miracle or a healing, or he said something, or he taught something that kind of left everyone there just blown away. Right? Like everyone in attendance or everyone that kind of witnessed whatever happened, uh, it, it's a mic drop moment in that everyone's attention goes to Jesus and they just, man, who is this man? What kind of power does he have? What kind of authority does he have? And so uh, we've just been looking at some specific moments through Luke's gospel. We're going to be in Luke's gospel for a while because uh, it's a long one, but it's going to be awesome. Okay? And, and the reason we're doing this is because uh, I've said this every week, but I just want to kind of reorient our minds around it. It's just that we would do well, uh, like the people in these narratives, to just stop and just pay more attention to Jesus. Right, for all the, uh, the, the craziness in our world, for all the distractions, we're going to talk more about that in a minute, for all the, uh, the clutter and the noise and the busyness, like, I just think it would serve us well to just like, stop and pay attention to Jesus. Right, we're, we're distracted by, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of my sermon. We've got to, I can't get there yet. All right, so Luke chapter 10, all right, we're going to start in verse 38. All right, so just a few verses here. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. <clears throat> Excuse me. So a couple things that just to point out that, that I found interesting, um, and then we'll dig into kind of what's really going on here, is, is just looking over the last few weeks, I, there's some reoccurring themes that have been in, in every one of these accounts. Uh, I don't know if it's on purpose. Maybe that's just the way that Luke writes. But um, what we see here is first, Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. All right, so for the last few weeks, we've had a scenario in which someone welcomes Jesus into their home. Right? A couple weeks ago, it was the Pharisee. Right? He, he hears about this Jesus guy and he invites him over to his house. Uh, and, and in that moment is where the sinful woman was forgiven there in the Pharisee's home. Uh, last week... You had Jairus, who is the ruler of the synagogue, and he, and he comes and he finds Jesus in the street. Uh, and he says, uh, Jesus, I need you to come to my house. My daughter is dying. All right, and so um, Jesus eventually gets to her house after a little distraction there. But um, so what you got going on is you got people, Jesus being invited over to people's houses. Okay. And it's all good, man. It's all good. It's the Bible. Right. <laughs> and so uh, he might do a better job than I can. Um, and so Jesus goes to these people's houses, and in those moments, like something significant happens, right? There's a, there's a healing, there's a miracle, there's sin being forgiven, right? And then again, uh, tonight, or tonight, today, what we see is that Martha invites Jesus 
into our home. Right? And, and what we're going to see is that Jesus is going to teach something very significant here in their home. Right? So this is free. This is not the point of the sermon, but food for thought. Could it be that there's something significant just in welcoming people into our homes? Just the, just the, the act of hospitality. Right? I think the Bible would actually put a pretty big uh, premium on, on being hospitable people. And we see that in each of these scenarios where Jesus is invited into someone's home, like something significant happens. There's a, there's a mic drop moment. He, he forgives, he restores, he, he heals. And so, uh, so that's one thing we've seen over the last few weeks is that Jesus is showing up at people's houses. And we've also got this reoccurring theme of Jesus uh, or of people falling at Jesus' feet. And again, a couple weeks ago was uh, the sinful woman in the Pharisee's house. She shows up and she falls at Jesus' feet. She begins to uh, wet his feet with her tears and wipe his feet with her hair. And, and what happens is she ends up being forgiven. Uh, though her sins were many, they're forgiven. And then you got last week, Jairus' daughter, again, dying. And so Jairus comes, finds Jesus in the street, and throws himself down at Jesus' feet in this act of of humility and desperation. Okay, and what we got uh, again here in this story is we've got Mary, who we learn, we're going to talk more about in a minute, she's sitting at Jesus' feet. All right, so a lot of hanging out in people's houses, a lot of hanging out at Jesus' feet. All right, so those are just some things that, that we've seen. Uh, but what I want to do before we talk about Mary, because right, Mary's going to be sort of the, the, she's the good example, right? But before we get to that, uh, Luke gives us the, the contrast of her sister, Martha, right? So let's look back at verse 40. So, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. All right, so we're introduced to Martha here, uh, Mary's sister, and what we learn about Martha is, is the, the problem at hand here is that she is, uh, says she is distracted with much serving. So the, the problem is not what Mary is, I'm sorry, what Martha is doing. The problem is what her doing is distracting her from. Right? It's uh, just to kind of frame this. She's, she's in her house. She's invited Jesus into her home. She has Jesus. God wrapped in flesh, sitting in her living room. I don't know if it was her living room. That's just conjecture, okay? Sitting in her home. Maybe it was an open floor plan and the living room and dining room all ran together. I don't know. Regardless, Jesus, I got to quit doing that. Jesus is in her home. And, and she is distracted by the casserole, right? I'm assuming she was Baptist, Okay. Um, I've got to quit. I'm sorry. Um, but she's, she's distracted by what's going on when she's got God wrapped in flesh sitting in her living room. The same Jesus that he's gained some notoriety, right? The, the crowds are showing up. He's been healing people. He's been uh, casting out demons. He's been raising people from the dead. He's been calming storms. That Jesus is in her living room, and she's distracted by infinitely lesser things. Okay? But before we criticize her, I want to be clear, like this same Jesus that's sitting in her house 
is also the same Jesus that would say that he came uh, not to serve, I'm sorry, not to be served, but to serve. Almost got that really bad, didn't it? He came not to be served, but to serve. And, and to Mary, Martha's credit, I'm going to do that the rest of our time together this morning. To Martha's credit, like she's serving. She's doing a good thing. Like this, is, this is what Jesus came to do, to, to serve. And, and so Martha is serving. And, and to give her the benefit of the doubt, it's reasonable to think that she's serving kind of in preparation for Jesus. Right? That's conjecture, but right, Jesus would, she invited Jesus. He's a guest of honor. It's reasonable to think that all her preparation and serving is to, to acknowledge him as the guest of honor that, that he is. But uh, still yet, as good as serving is, it's distracted Martha from the most important thing. Right now, if we could kind of take what's going on here and sort of overlay it to uh, our lives today, here's what I'm convinced of. Maybe this is just my opinion, but I think it's it's an informed opinion. I I think one of the the enemy's greatest tactics, strategies, in sort of derailing the people of God is just to distract us. Just, just distract us. Amen. Right? So um, I've got this quote. This is from C.S. Lewis. Anybody know C.S. Lewis? Chronicles of Narnia, that kind of stuff, right? This is from uh, a letter he, not a letter, a, a book he wrote called The Screwtape Letters. Um, if you've never read it, it the, the context is um, it's a fictional work where he uh, writes a series of letters from an older, more experienced demon to a younger apprentice demon to kind of help him learn how to uh, tempt his subject. Some of you guys are like, dude, what kind of books are you reading, man? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good book. I would commend it to you, okay? Um, it, it's, it is a fiction, but it's like shocking, like some of the things you read in it. But, but uh, here's, what, here's what C.S. Lewis writes in this book. Remember, this is an older, more experienced demon training this younger apprentice demon. Here's what he says. The only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate the man from God. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Listen to this. He says, murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope Soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. His point is just that, that your enemy will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to divert your attention away from the Lord. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be adultery. It doesn't have to be you giving your life over to some sort of addiction. He will use those things, but he doesn't have to use those things if if all he has to do is distract you from the things of the Lord. Right? That, that's all he has to do. That means like, he, he will use good things, repurpose good things to distract you from the better thing. Right? Things like your, your career, your, uh, your busy schedule, the, the keeping together of your home, your kids' uh, sports commitments, all those things, good as they are, the enemy will, will work and repurpose those things to just distract you from the Lord. That's what he's good at. He, he, he doesn't have to 
tempt you to fall into some sort of grotesque immorality if all he's got to do is just distract you and keep your eyes off of the one who really matters. It's like, um, I don't know if you guys are like me. You may have noticed. I get distracted easy. And so uh, there have been multiple times where I'm driving down the road and like I know where I'm going or I know where I'm supposed to be going. I, I did this literally last night. We were going out to eat. Uh, I, I know where I'm supposed to be going, and then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes down the road, I realize, why am I where I am right now? Because I, I knew where I was supposed to be going, but whether it was a conversation I'm having with my wife, or I'm like threatening the kids in the backseat, or there's just something on my mind, or I get like caught up just screaming at the top of my lungs, singing a song in the car, like I just get distracted, and I just totally miss or blow by where I meant to go. Anybody else do that? Yes, sir. Okay, both of you do. Excellent. I feel like I'm in great company. Um, here's the point, though. It, it is so easy for our enemy to, like, it, it's so easy for our enemy to distract us. And, and here's, here's why, I think, is because that we live in a culture that says, if you're busy, you're, you're doing something right. Right? We live in a culture that says, uh, if, if your schedule is full, if uh, like you've got commitment after commitment, uh, that, that you are important, that you matter, that you are significant. Right? And so we just we give our lives over to that. How, how often do you have a conversation with someone, and at some point in that conversation is uh, either you or the person says, like, yeah, I just, I've just been so busy. Right? I know you guys have heard it from me because we live in a world that, that values busyness and, and productivity. Like we've been discipled to equate those things with, with success or significance or uh, importance. Right? And, and, and like the wisdom of the day says if we're busy, then we're important. And if we're not busy, then we're unimportant and unsuccessful. And, and, and man, your enemy is not stupid. Are my kids in the room? I'm not allowed to say that word. Your enemy is not, like your enemy is not dumb. He knows how to take these things in your life and just distract you from the most important thing, right? Even, even good things. And this seems to be having some sort of effect on us as a people. And we kind of see it here in verse 41. Here's what, uh, here's what we read. It says, but the Lord Talking to Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. So Martha, in her uh, being distracted and, and busy with serving, with a good thing, what, what does Jesus say she is? Anxious and troubled. Now, um, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I was wrong when I told you guys last week we were not going to get any weather. That's on me. My bad. Um, okay, I don't have time for this story. Sorry. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but, but I feel like, like 15 years ago, we heard significantly less about anxiety and depression and mental health. No question about right? And, and to be clear, let, let me be clear. I believe those are real things. Right? I believe that there's been advances in uh, just 
the knowledge that we have of how the brain works and chemical imbalances and how they work and how the trauma that we've experienced affects like the lives that, that we live. And so like I, I believe those things exist, but I also think that could it be, right, could it be that us giving ourselves over to uh, just being busy and distracted with many things has led to this sort of uptick in anxiety, depression. Right? It, it's, it's not unreasonable to think that those things are, are correlated. Right? It's, it's not unreasonable to think that this sort of pressure that we put on ourselves to perform and to do uh, and to impress by our, our commitments and our busyness has, has led us to just being an anxious troubled people because of our many distractions, right? Anxious and troubled. So this was Martha. We got Martha uh, invites Jesus into her home. She's distracted with much serving. She's anxious and troubled. But we also have Mary, right? There's, there's two sisters here. And so look with me back in verse 39, right? And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listen to his teaching. Right, so whereas Martha was consumed with doing. Right, Martha's consumed with doing. On the other hand, you've got Mary who is uh, concerned mostly with receiving. Right, Martha's doing. Mary is, is receiving. Right, she's chosen presence with Jesus over her own sort of personal productivity. Right, that's, that's Mary. And Martha doesn't get it. What Martha's response to Jesus is, hey, my sister, hanging out there at your feet while I'm in here baking up the casserole. And then what we said it was? Like, shouldn't she be with me? Like, can you tell her to like get off her tail and get in here and help me set the table? That's my paraphrase of what's happening. And so um, Martha doesn't get Mary's posture of just being still and quiet and receiving. But look at what Jesus says to Martha in verse 41. It says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And here's the emphasis, verse 42. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. According to Jesus, Mary had chosen what was necessary, what she needed to do. And it was the, it says it was the good portion. Right? Martha had chosen to, uh, she, she, had, she had given herself over to distractions that had kind of taken her away from everything else that's going on, but Mary instead chooses to, to do what could never be taken away from her. And so I just want to kind of quickly point out a couple of things we see here in Mary's posture toward Jesus. And then just consider, like, what might this look like for us today? All right. So the first thing, uh, it says that Mary sat at the Lord's feet. All right. In sort of the first century culture uh, that this would have taken place in, to sit at someone's feet, uh, especially when they were teaching, was just to kind of say, like, I am a, I'm a disciple. I am a learner. It was a posture or position of humility. It was to say that, uh, that, that, that I'm learning from you. Right? You are wiser than I am. I, I need to hear what you have to say to me. All right, so what you've got Mary doing here is just sort of humbly, 
quietly submitting herself, uh, acknowledging her need to receive from Jesus. Right? She's, I mean, she's aware of what else is going on in the house. It's not like she, it's not like she doesn't know what Martha is doing. Remember, this is an open floor plan. She can, she can see it. It's not that she's just unaware of Martha's doing and serving. It's just that she says, I need what Jesus has for me more than I need to be involved in this other stuff right now. She sat at the Lord's feet, acknowledged her dependence on him, and then says that she listened. So didn't just sit at his feet, but she listened. That kind of conveys this idea of like she was actively paying attention. I, I, any of you um, that have children know, <laughs> any of you that have husbands know, there is a difference between hearing and listening, right? I hear most of what my wife says. Sometimes I struggle to actually actively listen to it. You guys ever do that, have that moment where like, you know your wife asks you to do something, and you leave the room, and you're like, oh, man. What was that that I was supposed to do? Right? But, but Mary, she's not, she's not just hearing, like she's listening. Right? She, she, knows, she knows what, like she needs this. And so she's, she's not just fitting Jesus into some margin in her life, like when she has room and space for it, she's, uh, she's intentionally seeking out his, his presence. Right? She made a conscious decision to set aside everything else because she needed to spend this time with Jesus. And then uh, she's not just listening to him talk. She's not just listening to engaging conversation. It says that she's listening to his teaching. Right? More specifically, she's giving her attention to right, the, the word of God. That's what we just saying. This is who Jesus is. He is the, the living word of God. She's giving her attention to what God has for us, presumably so that she could receive it, meditate on it, dwell on it, and then respond in greater and greater obedience and worship because of it. Right? So what, what might this look like for us today? Right, we don't physically have Jesus in the flesh sitting in our sectional, in our open floor plan houses, Right? So what does this look like for us to, to sit at Jesus' feet today? Right? And, and the reality is it's just going to look different depending on what stage of life you're in, what season of life you're in. Right? Here's what I know. Um, it's it's going to look different from single mom with three kids trying to hold down a full-time job, full, full town, full-time job uh, than it will for the retired empty nesters that have all the time in the world. Right? Mom trying to just keep the house together doesn't have three hours of uninterrupted time in the morning to sit at Jesus' feet. Can we just be honest? All the moms in the room said amen. Right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different, but, but I would submit that there's, a, there's some things that are just common denominators. Like if we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus, it's going to require a few things. Regardless of how the specifics of that look in your life, in your situation... Um, here's here's a, a few things, all right? Number one, we just got to acknowledge our need and dependence on Jesus. Right? 
you and I will never make it a priority to sit at Jesus' feet and receive if we don't think we need it. If we're like, you know, I got this. I'm doing pretty well on my own. I don't know that Jesus has a lot for me to, to I don't know really he has a lot to offer me right now. I'm doing pretty well. Like we're not going to sit and receive and submit to Jesus until we recognize that we actually have a need for Jesus. So um, I'm going to let Jesus tell you that you need Jesus. This is John 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It doesn't mean that you won't be productive apart from Jesus. It doesn't mean that you can't knock off items on your to-do list apart from Jesus. It just means that apart from him, you will not do anything of eternal spiritual significance. And so like, if, if we're going to sit at Jesus' feet, it's going to start with us acknowledging, I have a need to sit at Jesus' feet. Because apart from him, I can do nothing can do nothing. Right? Until we acknowledge our need and dependence on Jesus, like we're, we're not going to rearrange our schedules. We're not going to get up earlier or, or stay up later. Like we're not going to make space in our lives to sit at Jesus' feet if we don't realize we need to. And this is Jesus, John 15, 5. This is Jesus saying, hey, you need to. All right? So acknowledge your dependence on Jesus. And then the second thing is we got to listen. Right, the text says that Mary listened to Jesus. Like she was like actively paying attention to what he says. Right, she, she sought this opportunity out. Right, she didn't just kind of, Jesus wasn't just like some more noise in an already noisy environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she made time for this. There's serving going on in the next room. Martha's yelling and asking for help. And Mary's like, nope. Nope, this is where I've got to be. And so again, that's going to look different for each of us. For me, like I've got to get up early. I'm not, that's, we're not being legalistic about this. If you're a night owl, more power to you, right? I'm going to bed at like 10 o'clock. But, but for me, it's like I know if I don't get up before my kids get up, it ain't happening, you know? My point is just like we've got to create space, margin. Maybe it means saying no to some things to give us time to actually listen. Right? Not just hear, but to listen and meditate and dwell and pray and read and respond. Right? Time to, to listen. And here's the thing. You will not naturally drift towards that. Because remember we talked about earlier, like we're we live in a culture which says you've got to do, you've got to uh, check off your to-do list, you've got schedules, you've got all these events going on. Like You will not naturally drift towards listening unless you make space to listen. It requires some intentionality. Right, so we're going to acknowledge our need for Jesus, we've got to listen to Jesus, uh, but, but more specifically, like we've got to get in the Word. Right, get in in the word. This is what Mary was, she's listening to Jesus' teaching. She's listening to God incarnate teaching her. All right now, again, we don't have Jesus in the flesh to sit and teach us. 
Right? But we have this. Right? We have the Word, like the living, active Word of God. Right? Breathed out by God, profitable for teaching and correction and, and reproof. Like this is what we have. So I mean, we've got to, we got to like, give ourselves to this. And if you don't know where to start, uh, we have a reading plan on our website. You can follow along with us. We even write devotionals with it every day of the week to kind of help you maybe process some of the things you're reading. I just we got to give ourselves to the reading of, of God's Word. And, and I would, this is, again, nothing to be legalistic about. It's not what we're here for. Right? I would submit to you that even, like, I, this is for me. I can't even read on something digital. Like, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love books. You ever come to my office, you would know that. But, like, for me, it's like I got to read, like, from this because if I'm reading from a phone or an iPad, the first thing that pops up are dings. I'm like, squirrel, you know? Like, that's just me. Maybe that helps you out, too. I don't know. Again, whatever works for you, so long as you are acknowledging your dependence on Jesus, you're, you're making space to actually listen to him. And what you're listening to is, is his word for you. Right? So here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, we're going to move to a response time. The band's going to come and sing. But before we do that, I actually have uh, a, a sort of a, a brief story uh, I want you to hear. And this is from uh, a dear saint named Marie. Uh, so if you would direct your attention to the video screen. Tell me a little bit about yourself. My, my name is Marie Pumpkin. Uh, I've been here at Valley Creek for 48 years, close to 48 years. I've been... A uh, Christian, 47 years. Uh, I'm retired nurse from the hospital. Uh, I love to quilt, make quilts for other people. Uh, I enjoy that, and I pray over while I'm making them. Has there ever been a time where you would consider yourself a Mary or a Martha? Yes, uh, quite a few years ago, I realized I was more of a Martha. I was so busy at the church and doing things, and and. Uh, constantly staying busy at the church and one year they want me to do Bible school again and, and I took the material and I really wasn't happy with it and a friend of mine Donna at work she sat down and talked to me and wondered what was bothering me and I told her and, and she asked me if I was praying and reading my Bible and stuff and I told her no I was too busy to do that and she talked to me what I need to be doing and I start praying and reading my Bible and realizing that I was getting too far away from God. <clears throat> and so I went and took my Sunday school, Bible school material back to them and felt relieved and realized I need to be uh, more like Mary. In Psalms it says, Be still and know that I am God. And then my devotional says, The voice of God is always speaking to us and always trying to get one's attention, but his voice is a still, soft voice. And we must be at least slow down in order to listen. And then my question is, am I... Spending time with Christ and his word first, or am I trying to be more concerned about doing good deeds? So I don't, I don't know if you caught it or not, but uh, her story was that she had become distracted uh, and busy like, doing good things. I said she was serving at the church, serving Bible school, right? but, but being overly committed and serving and, and doing good things had distracted her from what was the most important thing? Right? She, she, had, she had neglected that time sitting at Jesus' feet. And, and effectively, because of it, she's just trying to pour from an empty cup. 
And I don't know if you ever tried to pour from an empty cup, but it doesn't work real well. Right? We, we can't give to other people what we don't have ourselves. So the, the Lord uses a conversation with a coworker to, to convict her of where she's neglected to just receive from the Lord. Right? And I wonder if, if that might be kind of where we are this morning. Right? That the Lord has used something from his word, uh, his, his, his spirit, a testimony from uh, Marie to just convict us about are we spending time sitting at Jesus' feet receiving or have we become so distracted and frantic running around everywhere that we're like, I, I just don't have time for that. I, I can't fit that into my schedule. Because right? I think... I think that the Lord would meet us here and just say, like, hey, this is what you need. This is the thing that is necessary. This is the good portion right, to, to receive what the Lord has for you. All right, so this morning, um, and it, maybe you, if you just think about when, when was the last time you had, like, a meaningful time with the Lord? Maybe it was this morning. Praise God. That would be great. Right? But, but I suspect that for many of us, you kind of think back and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know when that was. Right? And, and if you feel the weight of that conviction, that's like conviction is a good thing. Right? Conviction is the Lord tugging at you to, to come back to Him. And so that's what I believe He's doing this morning, that, that we would respond by, by acknowledging our, our dependence on, our need for Jesus, that we would respond by listening, like, like actually making some space in the craziness of life to, to listen and hear and receive, right? and that, that we would give ourselves to God's word, right? God as he has revealed himself to us. So uh, the band's going to sing a song, and, and this is going to be a song of response. And, and the, the song itself is a response, Right, the words of the song are just basically just us saying, hey, we, we need more of you. I need more of you. Right, there's, there's all these other things that I could give my time and energy and attention and effort to, and they're good things. I'm not saying don't do those, but before all those things, like, we need more of him. Right, so maybe as the band sings, maybe you just need to sit and, and like receive this and kind of pray it yourself. Or maybe you want to stand and sing. You're welcome to do that as well. Right? Or maybe you just need to quietly confess to the Lord that you have let the, the, the distractions and busyness of life sort of choke out any sort of growth or, or spiritual vibrancy in your own life. Or maybe like Martha, because you've, you've been running this rat race for weeks and months and years now, that you're just anxious and troubled about everything. Right? Maybe you should lay that down. Say, Lord, I'm just anxious this morning. Maybe you don't even know where to start with it, right? You're just like, I'm anxious and I'm troubled. I need your help. That's a prayer of dependence, and I think that's a prayer that the Lord will answer. All right, so um, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us. All right, the band's going to sing. You can respond in singing. You can respond in prayer. If you want to come up and uh, be prayed with, be prayed over, you're welcome to do that as well. But we're going to respond as the Spirit would lead us to respond. All right? Let's pray together.
Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, we are grateful uh, for this, even this gathering here. Uh, many of us, we could look back on last week. We can look forward to the week ahead. Maybe we're already stressed because we know that so much awaits us this week. Uh, so, so even this gathering is just our opportunity to just press pause on everything else and just receive from you. Or th- This is us sitting at your feet. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to receive. Help us to listen in this moment. Help us to respond as you would have us to respond. Lord, some of us need to to say no to some things that we might say more yes to you. Some of us need to reprioritize and rearrange that we say yes to you. Lord, I I don't know the situations and and the circumstances. I don't know the lives and the backgrounds of everyone in this room, but but you do. And so I just pray that that by your spirit, you would begin to press upon their hearts and just gently remind them of, of, remind us of our need for, our dependence on you. Lord, I pray that you might do some course correction this morning. So Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask that you would work. We do all this in Jesus' name. Amen.